Welcome to Agriculture in North Carolina. Hello, farmers and friends. I'm Dan Miller. This program is all about the largest industry in our state. It's agriculture. North Carolina grows and mills wheat. Until I started researching for this program, I had no idea. And now I'm looking forward to talking to Andrew Rutter, manager with Bartlett Milling. And as always, I'll be joined by Jeff Turner, COO of Murphy Family Ventures and member of the North Carolina Board of Ag. We'll hook up with our Duplin County studios in just a moment. But first, Ag and NC is sponsored by Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, Syngenta Global, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. Now let's bring in Jeff Turner. Happy Labor Day weekend, Jeff. Although I'm not really sure there is a day off for farming. <laughs> I don't think we celebrate that day. Every other day is It's just another day. I suspect there's a lot of folks that are in the field harvesting and in our business, in, in the animal business, someone's there every day. I wonder how much harvesting going on, things drying out now, but did you get a lot of rain or did you not from uh, the hurricane? You know, it was spotty in different places across all the different areas that we attend to here, but at home I had over 11 inches. Really? In the course of last Sunday, we had a huge, um, a huge rain, and then again on Monday, and then we had the storm blow through on Tuesday and Wednesday, so... All total, in that time frame of four days, we had a pretty close to a foot of foot of water. A little water would be nice in a couple of areas of the world are affecting shipping. We talked about this last summer. At about this time, Mississippi River levels are low. Barge traffic has slowed down. Freight costs are going up there. Same sort of situation. There's a little bit of a drought going on in Central America, which means the Panama Canal has cut the amount of ships that are allowed through the canal. And uh, there's... Uh, I guess a couple hundred ships sitting on either side of the Panama Canal waiting to go through. Yeah, you know, we talk about it a lot, uh, but that's not the first time that no. this has happened. I, we talked about the Mississippi again last year. Yep, so it's, uh, it's I don't subscribe to Al Gore and global, global warming or climate change. Well, we it's come weather. down a little bit different on that one, but overall, yeah, it's, it's still weather, man. We got to deal with what we got to deal with. But I That's say, right. you say it's the weather, man, and the dog days of summer. The reality is, is I, I, I'm looking ahead at the forecast. I think we're done with that nine zero plus number. Got maybe one or two yet ahead, but things are coming down to the eighties. No doubt. That's called a change in the climate. <laughs> <laughs> West Coast dock workers ratify a new contract. Always we hear about the scale. Boy, that's a tough one for me. Yeah. Labor scares, whether it be in the, the Pacific Northwest, the train folks, or California. But it uh, looks as though we get a six-year deal with uh, with the dock workers. So California docks importers should keep rolling on. Yeah, that's good news, I suppose. But I suspect the rates went up dramatically or will. Again, that just adds more cost. So. It's kind of interesting to hear some of the news out of the uh, the Asian countries. In the Philippines, they've got an inflation problem. They're going to cap price ceilings on rice to help with inflation. That wouldn't work in America. No. When you go in and artificially, anytime government's involved is a problem. How's that? <laughs> Just look at what's going on with, with interest rates. And, and, and you mentioned that, the, yeah, they, they want to see unemployment rates tick up. Yeah, that nobody wants it's to. It's not going to happen. I was corrected this or this past week. At one point, for the longest time, there have been two jobs available for every unemployed person. That has come down a bit. There is one and a half jobs now available for each unemployed person. So, if we get a dramatic increase in unemployment, 
we're not going to be in a recession. That's going to be called a depression. Again, inflation, the definition is too much money chasing too few goods. Mm-hmm. I, I'm on the other side of that. Let's let's produce more goods. Let's don't kill the economy to reduce the inflation. Let's. You say that one and a half jobs, which is actually kind of handy because I think most of these people that are working remotely only work half the time anyway. That could work right out. I'm not going to go there because there are a lot of folks who are working from home, but I, it's kind of like the climate thing. You and I have different opinions. I have a different opinion about that one. It's different when jobs were designed for that and people were hired for a job to work, to work remotely. But when they were jobs that attended an office, COVID came along and then they just have not gone back and they're holding their employers hostage. Agree to disagree. Talk about government involvement in things. In China, population's going down, so they are now encouraging folks to have more than the one-child policy. Also, homeownership is a problem in China, trying to get people to have houses. to They've got space for more kids, so now there's an encouragement of new home building in China to be able to get their workforce up because their whole economy is based on people numbers. It is, and not too many years ago, and, and, and by the way, they're still standing. There were cities built. There were buildings stood up in the middle of nowhere during our downturn in 2008, 2009 through 11. The buildings are sitting there empty. And again, they did all that to put everybody to work. I mean, they were sucking out all of the, the cement, you, you name it, the steel, everything was going to China to help them build those what I will call ghost towns, and and they're still ghost towns. I've actually seen some of those beautiful buildings that just yeah. haven't gotten finished on the inside. And there's infrastructure. They've begun to build bridges and roads, and the money has run out, and they're just sitting there, not completed. And, again, I think they've got a real predicament ahead of them. Do you remember the, the 19, what, the problem, 1980s commercials? A North Carolina boy, Andy Griffith, used to bite into a, a cracker. I think it was a Ritz cracker, and it was... Good cracker. Do you remember those? I do. I think it was Ritz. Could have been North Carolina wheat that went into it. That's a it's target. Very possible. That's the target of our program today. We're going to talk with Andrew Rudder about mills in central and slightly towards the eastern North Carolina area. Yep. Looking forward to it. And I think we're going to learn a lot about the wheat business in North Carolina. It's a lot larger than we thought. Hang on, Jeff. Hang on, everybody. That's just ahead. Nothing ruins a tasty vegetable quite like a hungry insect. And that's why you need B-Siege insecticide with fast knockdown and residual control. It protects your crop from worms and other pests. To learn more about B-Siege insecticide, talk with your Syngenta field rep. And as always, read and follow label instructions. Ag and NC thanks B.G. Mitchell at the Farmer's Connection. If you've not put your hands on a copy of the Farmer's Connection, I personally highly recommend it. Farmer's Connection is a newsprint magazine with information and ads about suppliers and dealers right here in the Carolinas and Southern Virginia. Check out used equipment from dealers like Mark Chesson and Sons in Williamson, Caps Trailer in Dover, Modern Tractor in Richlands, Nash Equipment in Burgaw, and Premier Equipment in Rocky Mount, Enfield, Washington, and Aden. Farmer's Connection, online and available at independent farm equipment dealers all over North Carolina. This is Ag and NC. I'm Dan Miller, joined by Jeff Turner, and we're joined by Andrew Rudder, who's the commercial manager for Bartlett Milling. Andrew, it's great for us to get a little background on the person we're talking to, so tell us a little bit about your life story and how you got to Bartlett. Sure, sure. Glad to. Um, so uh, I grew up in East Tennessee. Uh, had been uh, involved 
the agriculture community uh, when I was growing up there. Both my grandparents uh, were in animal agriculture and, and cattle and dairy, and so always had an interest. Uh, went to Tennessee uh, to pursue, pursue a degree in agriculture economics. Shortly after uh, graduation, joined Bartlett uh, in 2008 as a management trainee and moved over to uh, Statesville, North Carolina, uh, where I'm located now. Uh, enjoyed uh, being in this business and serving the, the ag community. I mean, Bartlett owns some milling companies in the state of North Carolina. Yes. We've got two flour mills uh, here in North Carolina, Statesville, uh, which Bartlett acquired back in the late 70s, and then uh, Wilson's Mills, which is located southeast of Raleigh. Built in 2000, Bartlett acquired it in 2007 and have been operating it since and uh, been through a, a couple expansions uh, at that facility uh, in recent years. Tell us predominantly in your milling operations what. Uh, well, let's start out with sure. what commodities do you mill, and then what's the what's the end product? So we're bringing in exclusively wheat. Large percentage of our wheat origination is is local uh, soft red winter wheat, and then we also source hard red winter, hard red spring, uh, and, and various different protein levels within those wheat classes, and uh, rail that into our our Carolina mills. Uh, and are producing uh, a variety of uh, flour uh, products uh, to serve bakeries, which include bun and and bread production, um, cooking crackers, uh, which is the primary uh, uh, bakery production from our our soft wheat uh, flour that we produce, and then also pizza flour and and various other uh, uh, baked goods as well. I guess your customer would, would be some of the labels that we would see in the store. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, any of the um, bakery products that you'd find in, in your local grocery or also our flour products uh, enter the quick-serve restaurant channels, such as buns, uh, etc., all products that, that use our flour. Uh, the Wilson's Mill and the Statesville operation both mill about the same things? Yes. From a product standpoint, very comparable, the flour products that that we make and, and the uh, bakery customers that we serve. Um, we also have a whole wheat mill uh, in Statesville uh, as well. And the Wilson's Mill operation, far newer than the operation in Statesville, and uh, you folks just went through a big expansion there. We did. We just uh, wrapped up a pretty extensive extensive uh, expansion of the facility, um, invested a little over $28 million in uh, additional uh, capacities uh, of the facility. Pretty uh, extensive upgrade throughout the operation. Expanded our wheat storage by about 500,000 bushels to bring our our storage up to 1.1 million. We uh, added a uh, 5,000 hundredweight milling unit and then also uh, additional flour and mill feed storage uh, for our finished goods and co-products. I don't really picture North Carolina as being a huge wheat producer. Obviously, for that kind of capacity, I, I'm, I'm assuming you buy everything you can local, but you also bring wheat from other states? We do. Um, uh, North Carolina uh, is a significant uh, producer of soft red winter wheat. Typically, um, you know, average production is around 400,000 acres, you know, anywhere between 20 to 25 million uh, bushels of production. And so, between our, our two mills, um, our goal is to source hopefully up to 100% of our, our soft wheat um, needs 
uh, locally in uh, different years where there's production challenges. We may also bring it in from other markets to supplement, but certainly uh, our goal is to, to source it here in the Carolinas. Uh, and then, of, of course, for our other flower products um, using the, the hard wheats, uh, we do rail those in from the Midwest and also from the uh, North and South Dakota regions. How does it work further up the uh, up the stream? How does the uh, wheat get from the field to you? What channels does that flow through? So uh, a lot of our wheat origination is is direct uh, with the producer uh, network. So they supply us directly um, around harvest time, uh, up until our storage gets full, and and of course, um, then we rely on other local elevators to store that wheat for us and then uh, deliver it back to us um, throughout the uh, the remainder of the, the crop year. When you say source from the producers, where, where's the vast majority of your wheat come from? In the east, Piedmont, or where? The Wilson's Mills draw area is, is predominantly in the east, I would say within um, a 75 to 100 mile or less uh, radius um, from that mill. There's a significant area of production there and in the eastern part of the state um, that we uh, source our wheat for that facility. Uh, and then over in the western part of the state uh, for Statesville's draw area, Iredell County is, is a large producing county that, that we source here right in our community and then as well as the uh, surrounding regions uh, pull a little bit out of South Carolina, uh, Union County and those areas as well that uh, produce a lot of wheat. We're going to take a pause here. Gentlemen, hang on. Hang on, everybody. Ag and NC will return in a moment. Sponsored in part by Donna Byram with First Choice Insurance Partners. Call Donna at 252-792-1189. That's 792-1189. Let her protect your yield so you can stay in the field. Let's get back to our conversation with Andrew Rutter of Bartlett Milling. Jeff? So it sounds like you do get most of your wheat that you mill. The vast majority of sand appears it does come out of North Carolina. Yes, it uh, it's part of you know the strategic locations of our mills. It's a large uh, percentage of what we uh, mill from a flower perspective, and so it's uh, it's a very good good fit for our business. Not to plug any of your competitors, but how many mills of the, of the like are in the state? So there's uh, there's a total of five um, uh, primary uh, mills by capacity. Uh, three of those are, are predominantly in the West. And so, of course, with Statesville and Wilson's Mills, we're, we're two of those five main um, uh, milling companies. I see the reason for the expansion at the uh, Wilson's Mill operation. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, we're, we're located in Johnston County and and that part of the state, uh, in particular, um, Johnston County is is really growing um, as Raleigh expands, and yeah. and so it's uh, uh, it's definitely a, a good good location to be at. Jeff and I have talked a lot about soybean crush in uh, North Carolina. Doesn't doesn't it appear as though we have do we have any crush plants left in the state, Jeff? Yeah, it's a good question. I I think Fayetteville is still open. I think. I'm kind of out of that other than I know Raleigh closed. Cargill had a plant uh, in Fayetteville. Andrew, are you familiar with any of that? So, so I'm not uh, too familiar with the uh, crush capacity uh, in North Carolina. Uh, we'll go ahead and put in a plug for a, a crush plant that Bartlett is currently 
building in uh, southeast Kansas. Uh, we're one of a number of, of new uh, facilities being built, uh, and we we, um, we broke ground probably a little bit about uh, a little more than a year ago um, in Cherryville, Kansas, and uh, building a, a crush plant there um, to supply biodiesel, food-grade oil, as well as the, the byproduct mill from it. That begs the question, which is, is that something Bartlett's looking to get into, and uh, how soon before that plant comes online? So we hope to be originating beans by uh, next uh, fall crop harvest and then uh, processing coming online um, by early fall of 2024. Yeah, we, we were I'm trying to recall who we interviewed a couple of weeks ago, and they were explaining uh, the amount of crush capacity that was bringing, being brought online in different areas. And, again, it was all about the biodiesel piece, which hopefully in turn yeah. will make Soybean mill a little less expensive for those of us in the in the livestock industry. A lot of the alternate energy, including jet fuel, tied to soybean uh, soybean oil, soybean crush. Is that the first soybean crush facility for Bartlett? It is. Yes. Now an additional processing facility. Uh, in addition to our uh, two Carolina flour mills, we've also got a, a flour mill in in uh, Coffeyville, Kansas. Uh, and so this is uh, an expansion of those processing uh, capacities that are are good fit for another significant part of our business, which is grain origination uh, throughout the the Midwest uh, markets. And uh, how have you found for Statesville and uh, expanded, I don't know if you've expanded any positions at the Wilson's Mill operation, but as far as employment and uh, getting qualified people, have you been uh, fortunate there or We've been very fortunate. I think we've got um, a really uh, good workforce uh, in that area that uh, we're able to draw from. Uh, Wilson's Mills is a highly automated uh, facility. Everything from our unloading wheat to loading our our bulk trucks uh, is is automated, and so um, we're fortunate to, to be able to find skilled skilled workers learn and adapt and, and run those processes and do it safely. And and so um, as part of this expansion, we have added a total of about eight um, operations team members to that location. And as part of our business, we also operate our, our own delivery uh, transportation services, uh, delivering our flour to our customers. And so uh, we continue to build up that part of our business, too, as we grow. So the uh, the crush plant cost about three hundred and seventy five million dollars if it comes in on budget. So you're not going to be building these just willy nilly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's uh it's a it's a big project. We're we're excited about uh, how it will enable us to to grow our business. You know, some of the background for that uh, Bartlett is a little over a hundred and fifteen uh, year old company, and uh, we merged uh, with Savage Services about five years ago. And their business concentrated in the infrastructure sector, servicing uh, energy industry. And, and with that space changing, this allowed uh, our companies to diversify. And uh, so that's a, that's a project um, that's really a result of, of that strategic combination and, and how we're able to, to grow our, our, our sectors together. I see. Actually, it's a bridge between the corporations, sort of. Whenever you say so, Fred, winter wheat, that- is there any particular variety, one over the other, that 
you believe is uh, a, a better fit for what it what it is you're doing, or is j- just generically the commodity? I mean, do you have any recommendations for growers? Well, that's that's a little bit out of my area of, of expertise. Um, our producers diversify their seeds they use to help uh, time it with harvest, and uh, you know, in most years, provides a, an excellent quality uh, wheat product for milling and, and our bakery customers. But to you, one wheat's the same as another. For the most part, yes. Um, obviously, it goes into vast majority of, of what we source does go into the local elevator networks, and, and certainly um, we rely on them to merchandise the quality for the um, characteristics we need, uh, which certainly we like to see good test weight, which is uh, a good indicator of, of you know the extraction of flour we can um, get from those kernels, and as well as the control of, of mycotoxins and other things that, that we'd like to avoid. Pleasure talking to you today. Good to talk to you, Andrew. Thank you for your time. Thank you. It's a pleasure to speak with you both and, and glad to be on your program. Andrew Rutter from Bartlett Milling with Mills in Statesville and in Wilson's Mills, North Carolina. Coming up in just a moment, I'll have a look at last week's commodity numbers. This is Ag and NC on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. I'm Dan Miller. Thanks in part to the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC, North Carolina's official business development and marketing program for agriculture. More than agriculture, it's got to be NC. Taking a look at commodity prices from last week, cash cattle weakness undercut the cattle complex on Friday with nearby October futures sliding 67.5 cents to 180.15. The closing quote represented a weekly decline of $1.02 cents and a half. Corn market strength likely added some downward pressure on feeding futures, but October ended the week higher at 254.65. Overall gain, 67.5 cents. Nearby October lean hog futures entered the week at 83.05, up 322.5 on the week. This week's hog slaughter did top a year ago reduced figure just before Labor Day, up almost a point at 0.8%. Closer to home, North Carolina egg prices were higher on all sizes when compared to the prior week. North Carolina weighted average price quoted Thursday, August 31st, for small lot sales of delivered carton day grade A eggs was 186.27 for extra large, 172.11 for large, 129.05 for medium and $92 for small eggs. Number two yellow shell corn was mixed seven cents lower to six cents higher when compared to the prior week. Prices ranged mostly 503 to 541 at the feed mills, 518 to 551 at the elevators through Thursday of last week. Number one yellow soybeans were 22 to 34 cents higher, ranged 1458 to 1495 at the processors, mostly 1369 to 1406 at the elevators. Number two red winter wheat was mixed one cent lower to three cents higher, range 478 to 496 at the elevators. Soybean meal FOB at processing plants range 483.70 to 490.70 per ton, 46.5 to 48% protein. New crop prices quoted for harvest delivery, corn range 486 to 568. Soybeans were 1304 to 1401. And that's this week's Agriculture in North Carolina. Listen to the program on Talk 96.3 or 103.7 at 6.30 on Monday or 6 o'clock Monday night. Or subscribe to the longer podcast version on Apple or Spotify. Details on all that and links to our sponsors on our website, agnnc.com. Thanks to Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, Syngenta Global, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. Agriculture in North Carolina, copyright 2023, Interbanks Media. For Jeff Turner, myself, Dan Miller, make it a great week. <laughs>